On today's episode, how is McDonald's replacing its workers? And Joe Rogan learns about Thomas Sowell. And Patrick Bed Davis tells us a story about his father. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Socially Sensitive Podcast. This is Socially Solo, episode number 129. Today's Wednesday. Hump day, yeah! December 21st, 2022. Today's National Days. It's it's National Fried Shrimp Day. Today's also Crossword Puzzle Day. Back in 1913, the New York World newspaper published the first crossword puzzle. So, do a crossword puzzle, I guess, while you eat a little bit of fried shrimp today. Also, on this date in history, in 1937, Walt Disney released its first full-length animated film, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Um, and then in 1968, today, Apollo 8 launched uh, from Cape Kennedy off of the coast of Florida with crew members Frank Borman, um, Jim Lovell, and uh, Bill Anders in the first mission to orbit the moon. And then in that same vein, in 2015 on the stage, SpaceX completes its first successful vertical ground landing with its uh, Falcon 9 rocket where they do the uh, reusable rockets. They can take off and then re-land instead of doing the basic splash down in the ocean for the boosters. Bitcoin. Bitcoin's at $16,858, which is still just pretty much flat from yesterday. saw a story about a test location for a fully automated McDonald's in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. They're trying, I guess, to put everybody out of work. It uses uh, automated food ordering and a cashless payment system. And it looked like a conveyor belt system that brought the food out. Um, and now it still had real employees in the kitchen who were cooking the orders. But I guess that's still probably only a matter of time also. The location is about half the size of a regular McDonald's. And uh, doesn't have any indoor dining area. So in the comments in the article, uh, some of the things people were saying was like, uh, finally, my order will be quick and accurate. Another one said, awesome. No more attitude at the counter. Well, the people that work there act like they don't want to be there. So this solves that problem, another person said. And this one said, no thanks. I love the people that work there. I want to hear voices and see faces. And I want to see smiles at both windows. Because I think there is a lot to be said for that, for that uh, atmosphere going into a place and, and interacting with a person and getting your food. Nobody realizes uh, what this will do to the job market once every company implements this, is what one uh, commenter said. But uh, I guess uh, it's all inevitable. I also wanted to tell everyone about a new coffee brand called Coffee Brand Coffee. It's fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world. Coffee Brand Coffee was built by creating direct trade partnerships with many coffee producers that use sustainable coffee growing standards. We feel that this uh, dedication to quality should be obvious when you have uh, Coffee Brand Coffee in your cup. And uh, there are nearly 20 new flavors and the uh, upcoming tea line. And uh, they even have hot cocoa, too. 
So check them out at coffeebraincoffee.com and use the coupon code SENSITIVE for an additional 5% off. So give them a try. Saw a video between uh, Joe Rogan and Hunter Matz. They were talking about cultural evolution. Hunter brought up uh, talking about Thomas Sowell. And uh, this was an interesting interview to hear. So Thomas, Thomas, Sowell, <laughs> Thomas Sowell is a black guy, right? Okay. And Thomas Sowell has for years and years and years been trying to fight racism. But he's been trying to fight racism by having a conversation about culture. Right. And the fact that there are essentially two different sort of, you know, to we're speaking broadly here. Right. But this is for the purposes of communication. Um, we're going to tell a simple story to start off with. Right. So broadly speaking, he puts two different cultures of people with dark skin next to each other. And one culture is these people from the West Indies. And one culture is this pe- group of people who grew up in the South with slavery and all that sort of stuff. Now. What one group, the West Indies group, does really well. So a a lot of the successful black people, people like Colin Powell, are originally from that cultural heritage. The other group is the group that you find in ghettos and African-American communities and all that sort of stuff. They don't do well, right? They don't get good education. They, you know, shoot each other. They're all these sorts of things. And the reason why Sol has been telling this story is because he's been trying to say, you know, when liberals look at the people in ghettos, they say, ah, racism. That's why they're not succeeding. And Sowell is saying, no, it's not. Because if you look at this group from the West Indies, they also came from the experience of slavery. There was slavery in the West Indies. They are also black, so they also face racism. And yet they do well. So it has to be something else. And that other thing is the fact that these black people who are in the South, there's always been a big question, were black people robbed of their culture? Or did they preserve their authentic African culture? And what Sowell is saying is that they were robbed of their culture. And so they picked up the culture of the people around them. And the people around them were rednecks. And if you look at the white redneck culture and the black redneck culture, they have a lot of the same values. They don't particularly respect education. They love Jesus. They use violence in their conflicts. And um, they, you know... Uh, there's there's just you know a lot of the same values and a lot of the same outcomes and even ebonics which is you know black english is actually all from the west of england so it's actually this what it's from the west of england so for example if you go to places like cornwall um there used to be these amazing um uh these amazing ads on british tv right for this uh this devon custard or whatever and they would always say devon knows how they make it so creamy and they all talk like this right and so it doesn't sound like black english but they do say things like oi be doing that and we be doing this and you be doing that and they be doing that and so there's that use of that copula b right where instead of saying i am you are he is she is they are they just say i be you be we be they be which is the classic feature of black english african american Back to English. Right. Now, <coughs> the point is, is that... How, mind blower. Mind blower. Now, let's imagine that how do you think that Thomas Sowell has been received by liberal America? <laughs> Not well. Not right? well. Not well. And so, for example, Sowell has a book called Black Rednecks, White Liberals. Okay? And his whole point is that... You know, if you actually and, you know, again, like Sowell is, you know, he researches the shit out of this stuff. He really does his work. Now, if you if you look at the experience of African-Americans after slavery, 
after slavery, they do really, they, they start to make real progress, right? And a large part of the reason why they make progress is because you start to get a lot of people from New England, either, you know, black people from New England or white people from New England, who come down and sort of reshape the culture. They create these schools and they're teaching those New England values, right? It's those Puritan values of hard work, tenacity, all of that sort of stuff. And so there's all this progress. And you have people like Booker T. Washington, and Booker T. Washington was an actual slave. And then after he got his freedom, he got to go work in a salt mine, which is literally the worst job ever. And in Booker T. Washington's Up From Slavery, he tells this great story about seeing a schoolhouse, right? And that, you know, he thought that going into a schoolhouse was about as close to heaven on earth as you could get. Whoa. Like, this is a dude who wanted an education really, really badly. And that's a lot of what you find in the, you know, early black experience in, you know, the post-slavery period. And in fact, you know, blacks, you know, before sort of World War II actually had higher rates of marriage than whites, all of these sorts of things that, you know, are now supposedly a problem. And then there's this turnaround, right? The black experience starts to go south, right? It starts to get worse. And what year is this around? This is post-World War II, right? So, um, so post-slavery... Black people experience uh, a rebounding. There's They're starting to make ambition, some progress. There's ambition. Progress. Yeah. And I mean, you know, if in terms of books to read, like, you know, just because a large, you know, a large part of what I'm trying to do in general is really let's move to the place of all people are created equal. Like, let's remove all these stupid distinctions, right? I also saw uh, an interview that uh, Patrick Bet David did. He did it with the Liver King. But uh, in that uh, video, he uh, tells a story about uh, his dad that I thought was pretty interesting. I'm going to tell you a crazy story about my dad, and then we can transition into some other things. My dad never talked about his dad. I never met my grandpa, my dad's dad. Always respect. My dad will never say anything bad about his family. F super protect. Even if they're wrong, he'll never say they were wrong. He's like the straight up, like, Never do anything to undermine his brothers, sisters, none of them. Even if they screwed up, nothing, right? And if he does, it's always from a standpoint of, but no one's perfect. And, you know, he kind of goes that angle. So one day he's like in the uh, apartment and we're living together and he's in tears. He's crying. And I'm like, uh, uh, I said, what's, what's up? What's going on? He said, you wouldn't believe what happened. I said, what happened? And he's just like rubbing his forehead like this. I'm not, we're not living together at that time. I don't know what year this is, but I'm sitting there talking to him. And he says, do you know what Siamak just told me? Siamak is our brother-in-law. We love, we call him a saint. He's a sweetheart. He married my sister. Their 20 year anniversary just happened a couple weeks ago. He says, do you know how my dad died? I said, I don't know how your dad died. He says, my dad died because he had uh, a stroke. And he says, you know what was the most painful thing for me? He says, no. I said, he says, my father, in the last month before he died, he said a lot of painful things to me. And he's never said that to me because I love my dad. And I'm like, I don't have no clue where this guy's going with this, right? My dad's very guarded. He won't open up. He says, uh, for 35 years since this man died, whatever the timeline, I've been trying to figure out why would you on your deathbed say so like you're such a disappointment, son. You're so this. Mm. These are painful words from the man you look up to. He says, Siamak just came home and told us his dad just had stroke and he went to check on his dad and every day his dad's telling him how disappointed he is in him, okay? And then the doctor, after a couple weeks, just pulls him aside and said, listen, one of the symptoms when a man's having a stroke and they're in this situation, they say very hurtful things to the people they love the most. Mm. 
And Siamak came to console to my dad and open up to my dad. And my dad's like, dude, are you kidding me? I've been freaking dealing with this for 35 years. That's what my dad told me. Yeah. Look at the wow. 35 freaking years for my dad to take this weight off his back. Wow. It's such, you know what I just said? He's telling me this. I'm sitting there saying, holy frick. Mm. That means some of the answers to certain questions that we're going through right now. You mean to tell me I have to wait 35 years for the answer? Damn. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Talk about patience. All right. Now I have uh, both of those, the links to both of those clips to the full interviews in the uh, show notes. But so just want to uh, thank everybody for listening. And if, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with your friends and family. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. If you have any feedback or suggestions for future episodes, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can contact us on each of the social media platforms at Socially Sensitive or visit our website, sociallysensitive.com, where you can also stay up to date on all things socially sensitive. Um, so thanks again for listening, and uh, we hope you have an amazing rest of your day. See you tomorrow. Bye. If you haven't already, subscribe to Socially Sensitive on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. You can also find us on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Socially Sensitive. Also, check out our website, sociallysensitive.com, and grab some officially licensed products.